1: You damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Tuesday. They are not having a good Tuesday in Lakerland. Denver finishes it off with a sweep. Will we get history tonight? And have the first time both conference finals in the NBA go sweep. It has never happened before in this format. Miami's in control of it tonight. I guess Boston's sort of in control of what happens tonight in a big way as well. We'll get to that. We'll talk some football. And this hour, we're going to talk some divorce as well. That's right. Not my divorce. Hopefully not. Not Zay's divorce. No. We might be talking about your divorce. We're talking about dad's and divorce today with somebody from Cordell and Cordell. Kelly Burris is coming in studio to talk about an event they've got coming up and what they have for you in June. They're going to be celebrating June and all the great fathers out there by giving you some information and ways to deal with things if you are a father that's dealing with divorce. So if you have some questions for us, hit us up on the Specs text line, 337-3776, and we can shoot those at Kelly coming up at 1230. We will start with some hoops it's chad and zay on a tuesday i'm chad hastings and he is isaiah collier what's up zay tyler
2: hero i hope you're listening at 12 30 <laughs> this could apply to you very easily
1: be careful i don't know if you're married if you're not good job Man. because hey look out dog are you That's what I'm saying are you saying that instagram models with nice cabooses are not allowed to have good lives and families is that what you're saying? Oh. They're, they're all out for something nefarious? I'm just saying the percentages
2: probably go the wrong way. Okay. For the NBA slash professional <laughs> yeah. athlete. That
1: could be tough. That could be tough. You're saying Mr. Hero may need to contact Cordell and Cordell coming up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Now, I don't think he's married. I think that's just baby
2: mama. But, you know, I've seen it happen before with Brittany Reiner and – Oh boy, what's my man that came out of Kentucky? He she literally said I trapped him.
0: She wow. just flat out
2: said it. I trapped him. Just admitted it. Yeah, just admitted it. Like, mm. yeah. That's man. rough. PJ Washington. That's it. PJ okay. Washington got his ass smooth. <laughs> I don't think he's over 25. She was going to Kentucky games and everything, Chad. Like she knew exactly what she was doing. When you show up on campus before NIL. She planned it out before NIL. She was hollering at Calipari and saying, hey, I know what you do around here. I know you got some prospects. Which one can I seek out? Calipari said, no, I can't have this. And she said, okay, I'll work my way around it with this thing thing I got back there. Trust me, I'll figure it out. And, yeah, he got trapped. So, again, it can happen. I'm not saying they all foul, but just be rare, professional athlete.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be that's uh, gonna be interesting conversation coming up, and maybe it's for him. Yeah, or maybe it's just for some of our listeners. Maybe it's just for our listeners today. Yes, and uh, Kelly just hit me up. She is, uh, I believe, she is just about to the building, ready to go. We're gonna have that conversation coming up at twelve thirty. But first, it was sweep time last night. And somebody already texted in. Bye bye, Lakers. Go Spurs. Go. Wow, All right, that's petty. All right, Spurs fan, calm it. down. <laughs> you got your got your number one overall pick, and now you're ripping on the Lakers. No,
2: man, those battles in the 2000s were vicious.
1: Life is good. Life is good if you're a— uh, They still
2: remember that Derek Fisher shot, 0.4 seconds.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're a Spurs fan, you're having a good day today on multiple levels. So Denver finished it off 113-111. Zay, the Lakers had a 15-point lead, I think it was, at half, but it just never felt big enough for me. I never felt like they were going to win the thing. Denver had an answer for everything the Lakers threw at them. What did you think last night?
2: So impressive. The Denver Nuggets, Mike Malone and crew, they were so good all series long. And a lot of people were doubting them again. I mean, we talk about that fuel, them being the number one seed. Nobody has picked them to win the whole thing once the playoffs started, nobody said, all right, we're going to pick the Nuggets to go all the way. Everybody was picking the Warriors. Everybody was t- talking about the Lakers, so-and-so. On the East side, everybody was talking about you know, the Celtics and stuff. Nobody was talking about the Nuggets. And Mike Malone, they used that as fuel. All those guys have a chip on their shoulder. Jamal Murray, he talks about, which is such a great story for him, to put on the performance that he's put on on all the playoffs from the conference finals and just getting this team to the the finals coming off the ACL uh, injury, you know, being in the ER room with Mike Malone and asking him, am I going to get traded? Like he thought his tenure with the Nuggets was over. Because the league, they'll forget about you. You have that one injury, they'll move on very quickly. And shout out to the Nuggets for sticking with Jamal Murray. He's the only player in conference finals history. That's guys like Michael Jordan, guys like Magic Johnson, and Wilt Chamberlain, all those guys. He's the first guy in NBA history in the conference finals to have a 30-50-40 series. And 30 points, shooting 50% from the field, 40% 40% from the three-point line.
1: Wow. It's ridiculous. First time? First time. First time in this round? Yes. And it, Think
2: about it. It's like, nice. it's like baseball. When you get to the playoffs in baseball, the pitching gets tougher. So you're hitting, that average should decrease. Those guys hitting over 300, they start hitting around the Mendoza line and stuff like that. That's how it is in basketball. It should get a lot tougher. And all he's done is upped his game along with Nikola Jokic. So look at the Lakers two best players, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they were decent all series and look at the Nuggets two best players, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. That's doing Kobe and Shaq type stuff. Like they they are doing Kobe and Shaq type stuff and like which it makes Kobe's run even more remarkable. Jamal Murray's 26. Kobe was like 21, 22, 23 mm-hmm. during those three-peat runs in two thousand and two. uh through 2002. So, yeah, man, so impressive. Aaron Gordon, he finally came along with his offense. That's what you saw during the regular season. If you're a Lakers, that's brutal. If you're a Lakers fan, that is absolutely brutal because that's what you want. You don't want Nikola Jokic shooting threes. You don't want him, you know, dominating Anthony Davis inside or Jamal Murray taking his man off the dribble. You want guys like Aaron Gordon taking wide-open shots. He just has to knock it down, and he did last night, which mm-hmm. is why I'm just like you, Chad. I felt like that 15-point lead, that was nothing. With the way that they were playing, the confidence that they had, that just they knew what was at stake, and they showed it. And – LeBron James, he was amazing in Game 4, 31 points in the first half. I thought he was absolutely terrific, but so many miles. I said the other day, like, he's played three extra seasons just in the postseason. So he has over 200 games played in the postseason to go along with the 20 years he already has racked up. The miles got to him in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. and that killed him because he had to keep scoring. For them to keep going on that run, he couldn't put up nine, and— get just it's so impressive what he did but he had no legs great defensive stop by Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon to ice the game Jamal Murray did a good job getting his hand in there to kind of hold up Braun. he's so strong he still got it up but Aaron Gordon was right there to make sure he couldn't get it off by having that block and you know in those situations LeBron's got to shoot a pull-up jumper. That's why mid-range jumpers are so important in the playoffs because you're going to get the three taken away, you're going to get those uh, paint touches taken away, and the refs aren't going to call anything because they want to let it ride, so... That's why Jordan was the man in the playoffs. That's why Kevin Durant with those Warrior teams, when they put the ball in his hands and he would just hit mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper and nobody could stop him. Hell, Chad, the last time any two combo put up this numbers with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic was Kevin Durant and Steph Curry hmm. in 2017. Those were the only two combos to do what they did. Not even Shaq and Kobe put up the numbers and the efficiency that Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray did. Catavius Carwell Pope, Revenge series. Y'all again, y'all traded me last year. I want to ring with y'all. That's personal. That's personal. I want to ring with y'all. I should be here for the long haul. No? Okay, y'all thought I was trash. Y'all got rid of me. All right, fine. I think he's been to like two or three stops since Los Angeles. It wasn't like he went from Los Angeles to uh, uh Denver. He's been a couple of places in between there. So, right. yeah, man, a lot of that traveling and stuff. Guys his age, they don't want to do that no more. They want to be in a secure spot where they're comfortable. And usually when you win a ring, that's what happens. You get comfortable. You're like, okay, ain't no way they could break us up. They're going to let us come back. They didn't do that with him, and he showed how angry he was all series, hitting big-time threes. And, yeah, man, as good as Anthony Davis was all playoffs long, I mean, it was big-time, beating the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. Warriors and I think they ran out of legs beating those two teams with the way Anthony Davis the lack of durability that he provides like he was beat up he was definitely beat up and Nikola Jokic man just I don't know how you stop him the shots that he hit yesterday were some of the most impressive shots I've ever seen nobody shoots that Chad that one-footer in clutch time to put them up by six, shot clock going down. The ref thought it was two because the ref's never seen that before in his life. Nobody shoots a step-back one-footer from the three-point line. Nobody does that. Dirk wasn't doing that. He was doing it from mid-range. He wasn't doing it from the three. Joker hit two yesterday. He hit one on Braun in the first half, and then he hit one in clutch time on Anthony Davis. Then they gave him the ball when it was 11-11 all. They gave him the ball – in clutch time, and he just Euro steps Dennis Schroeder and Anthony Davis for an easy bucket. Like, bro, you're, you're almost 300 pounds, it looks like, at seven foot. You shouldn't be able to move like this. Like, his skill set is ridiculous. And if he wins a ring, he's going to pass up a lot of these great centers. Spurs fans, Admiral David Robinson, he's going to pass him up. But, people are like, oh, but David Robinson has two. Uh, Tim Duncan was the man on that team. This team, this Nuggets team, they don't got no all-stars. I'm not saying he's the dream. I'm not saying he's Shaq. But you're going to have to start giving him that respect like you give those other guys. I ain't saying he Kareem. I ain't saying he will. But you're going to have to start giving Nikola Jokic some serious respect because what he's doing Is
1: ridiculous. They are four wins away from that first title in Denver. If you want to throw in, Specs text line is 337, 3776. Somebody points out. Yeah, that drive by Jokic at the end of the game took it into his own hands, and the defense at the end just. Beautiful. This one says, Murray is also the first player ever to ball out in some new balances. (laughs) Nah, Kawhi rocks new balances. There you go. Uh, This one just says, MJ (laughs) equals goat flu game. Oh, there you go. Oh, remember, not flu game. Yeah, Poison, pizza, Poison game. pizza game. Poison pizza
2: Very game. Poison pizza game. Very different. That's different. Very different. That's he was yakking all night. He did not have like a 103 fever. That like, yeah. is different. Flu game, flu game just sounds a lot more cool. It does sound a lot it more cool. It just sounds dope. Like nobody, yak game. They should have yeah. called it that. I would respect yak
1: game. I don't care what it was. I remember watching that game live. Like, he looks like hell. But oh, he's man. playing like Jordan. Oh, he's just ridiculous, incredible. man. Just incredible. He
2: was Tip Duncan, hitting big-time threes, and then the most iconic part was... When they knew they iced the game, Scotty carrying them off the court. I'll never oh, forget yeah. that. That's absolutely so iconic in basketball
1: history. All right, so let's give Jokic a little more love. Last night it was 30-14-13 and 13, uh, for him, including three of six from beyond the arc. You mentioned the two falling back, which is absolutely stupid. So another triple-double. This is the list. Most triple-doubles in a series-clinching game. NBA playoff history. The Joker is now third all time. He's got five of those games. The only guys that have ever played that have had more, LeBron's got six of them, and Magic had eight. Yeah, y'all trying to question me about
2: this David Robinson Joker stuff? Joker has more MVPs than the Admiral, and the Admiral oh. never won a ring Here we when go. he was the
1: man. Here we he go! Did it.
2: He did it! The man from Navy was nice, rookie of the year. He was amazing, but... Was he ever the man on those championship teams? No, the greatest power forward of all time was. So, like, that's that. Like, I don't really want to hear this. Uh, the comparison ain't there no more
1: because he wouldn't have won the MVP even in like '99, right? Hell no. Was that Duncan's Finals MVP? Yes. For '99, yes, ass- I would assume. Yes, he didn't even deserve it in '95. Hakeem did
2: and proved it. When they came in as a sixth seed and upset them.
1: You're talking about league MVP. Yeah, yeah. and
2: that's what Joker, he's probably riding off that momentum too. If I'm Mike Malone, I'm saying, oh, you should have won three in a row. You should be like Larry Bird, 84 through 86, three in a row. They gave it to Joel Embiid. You need to prove it. You need to prove that you're the MVP, bro. And, you know, Joker, he acts like he don't give a damn. That dude, he got some serious toughness to him, man. He's got some serious toughness to Mm -hmm. him. Nothing phases him. He just killed Anthony Davis all series long. And then the dimes, Chad – the dimes, the no, like, just pushing it up the court, throwing no-lookers, spinning off guys, throwing it with the opposite hand, with the left hand, guys cutting off him. He's looking in the crowd, throwing bounce passes to the rim. It's ridiculous. Dude, that
1: little running bounce oh, pass.
2: Oh Everyone doing that to Vinny Del Negro?
1: No. Well, Those things were happening, there well, And, again, it's not, even, it's not even like you're dogging one specific person when you talk about him versus every other center that we've seen because I can't come up with one guy that's ever done all of it at the same time. And I'm a huge Kareem guy, and Akeem's got his place, and David's got his place, and Shaq's got his place, and there's all these guys we could talk about, Bill Russell and all the discussions, but it's like, wait a minute, have I ever seen a center that can do all of that? I'm not sure if I have. Yo, look, I'm a so no Spurs fan. They, they, they get petty. We just saw
2: Spurs fans just hey out. They get petty. Mm-hmm. You know, They get a little offensive. I get it. David Robinson was special. Dropping that 71-point game to get the scoring title, that's absolutely stupid. But I just want y'all to know what we're seeing right now is some of the most impressive stuff I've ever seen in my life. Like, Anthony Davis is an iconic defender, and he made him look like he was rump roast. Like, he made him look like a JV lightweight player for four straight games. And And he got into foul trouble, too. In in a couple of games, and he would just come back in and dominate. Yeah.
1: He got himself kind of trapped after that fifth foul. I was was shocked the Lakers didn't go at him more at that point.
2: They did. Anthony Anthony Davis had a dunk that had a little bit of contact on it, and the refs being that's good officiating. In my opinion, that's good officiating. You keep the stars in, especially if it's light. If he does a dirty hack, Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn-type foul, okay. But if he barely bumps him where it doesn't alter the shot for Anthony Davis, let him stay in the game. It's better Mm. for the league. But, yeah, man, that one-foot shot just – they're going to be playing that on NBA – film tape for years and years and years like when we're dead they're going to be playing
1: that shot dude it had like a Steph arc on it too yeah Steph Dirk like all those guys like that big high high arc he put it on both of them and they both went in that's crazy Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Specs text line, 337-3776, says his passing skills are absolutely phenomenal. He looks like a tennis ball machine serving up instant jumpers. Uh, Somebody says, what's up with all the hate on the Spurs lately with Zay and Jeff Howell? Well, it happens. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, This says, Jokic went through LeBron (laughs) like nothing, and someone else just texted. Big Mike just texted, Anthony Davis equals, all caps, soft. With like five T's.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't say he's soft. I would just say Joker's that good. You know, he's not soft. He just, he's still fragile. He'll get nicked up and, you know, he's still a slender type of big man. But go back to the Grizzly series, go back to the Golden State series. Everybody was struggling trying to finish on Anthony Davis. He was changing games with his defense from switching out on guys on the perimeter. Remember that defensive stop that he had on Steph Curry where he made Steph Curry take that horrible shot to end the game. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Anthony did. Not many guys in the association could do that. Yep. Maybe bam out of bio. I don't know too many guys that could stay with Steph Curry and when he's rocking you and trying to make you dance and you're sticking with him and still could get a good contest like – Anthony Davis, he's for real. I don't think he's a top 75 player of all time, but he's for real, and he's a future Hall of Famer. Just, man, this, this Denver Nuggets squad, they're so much fun to watch, like I said yesterday, and it's impressive. Mike Malone out, outcoached Darwin Ham. and Yo, Darwin Ham starring Rui Hachimura. Hey,
1: he got Bout there. About time. Yeah. He
2: f- Bout time. Bringing D'Angelo Russell off the bench. Bout time. Like, F your feelings, D'Angelo Russell. You waited too long. Darwin Ham, he'll figure it out. Like sometimes you can't be these guys' friends. Like sometimes you, you know, you those guys. Like they were when they were players. They were like, I hope coach gives me this responsibility and trusts me. Like that's as an NBA player, you want that. And some coaches have a hard time with that, and some coaches are way too lenient and give guys way too much responsibility. And we've seen that with Joe Mazzulla on in the Easter Conference Finals with the Celtics and Darwin Ham with the Lakers. All
1: right, Denver gets through. We will continue to talk about that. Justin Wells jumping on with us at 105. We normally have him on Wednesdays, but baseball tomorrow. So we'll throw Justin in today and talk some Longhorns. Up next, we're going to talk some divorce. If you're a father that is going through a divorce, we're going to get some help for you from Cordell and Cordell. Kelly Burris, a partner at Cordell and Cordell, to talk to us about what they've got going on in June. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Getting started on a Tuesday. I feel like I'm supposed to know this one. Yeah, you should. This should be like right, right up my alley, right? Yeah. Why is it not popping in my head?
2: I mean, it's technically not your era because I think he died before you really got into your music groove. Ah. It's not David Bowie, is it? Wow, no.
1: No? It's a um... legendary group member and he died. Wait, is this Lennon? Yep. Oh wow, yeah, this just doesn't sound like John Lennon to me. My bad. My bad. My dad's don't t- y'all don't tell my dad I did that. That uh that would not be good. What's the song called?
2: Whatever. Gets you through the night. My
1: goodness. Okay, I did not recognize John Lennon. We're not off to a good musical start today. All right, Chad and Zay with you on this Tuesday. Uh, we got Justin Wells coming up at 105. We're going to talk more NBA. Denver advances to the Western Conference, uh, th- excuse me, through the Western Conference Finals into the NBA Finals last night. But right now, it's time for our uh, special conversation. Let's give Vaqueros a little love. The Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline brings us all our guests. We'll give them some love. Even though she is sitting right here in studio with us Uh, Another one of the great partners we've got around here is Cordell and Cordell You may have heard the spots rolling And uh, it may even be her voice on those spots uh, Kelly Burris, partner at Cordell and Cordell, joining us today. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me. Is
1: that you? You're the big star of those spots.
0: It is. I just I just started doing some of the radio spots for the firm. This is kind of my first time out of the gates. So nice.
1: Got gonna... <laughs> yeah, good radio voice. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I, it's student radio. I've heard a PT lot of student radio. I've
1: heard a lot of com- <laughs> of a lot of compliments uh, of those spots. So it's Thanks. very cool. You. So you guys are focusing in, and you have always focused in on men when it comes to the situation of divorce and everything they go through. But with June coming up, you guys are focusing on fathers correct? and correct. Uh, and divorce. So we may have those out there right now. If you're driving around right now and you are a father that is about to go through divorce, you're in the beginning stages of it or, or whatever that is, or maybe it's something that you realize is going to happen. There's a lot of things out there that, that we will talk about. Um, there's a lot of tools and resources that you guys are going to have. Let's talk about this webinar series that's coming up in June. Kind of let the, the guys know how, how that works.
0: So what it's going to be is we're having a radio. It's a, a webinar series that uh, we're doing by Zoom. The, the link is on our firm website and also our Dad's Divorce website, Uh, So we're doing it every Friday at noon in June to celebrate, you know, Father's Day is in June. So instead of just one day, we're going to we're going to give dads the whole month uh, and just kind of celebrate fathers, give them some additional tips and and tricks and things that are going to hopefully, you know, that we all as parents uh, struggle with and, you know, trying to meal prep and take time and. You know planning and financial teaching your kid about finances and things like that so all these great tips and we're gonna have guest stars on or should guest guest uh mm-hmm. guest speakers on to talk about these different things um to help dads just kind of become just that much greater of a dad yeah. so yeah
1: it's very cool um obviously a, a big challenge of uh you know a big challenge in their lives at that point one question, and I'll let Zay jump in here too, but one th- question's been rolling through my head. For you, is there a difference in the way you're dealing with something for a guy out there where he's making the, dec- the decision to get divorced, or a guy that's out there where the wife is making the decision to get a divorce, or the significant other has made the decision to get a divorce? Is there any difference in that for you guys?
0: Um, I mean, is no, strategically, it can make some impact, uh, but I think more so it's you know, when you know you're getting ready to get a divorce, you can anticipate strategy. You can kind of think ahead. Um, I know a lot of the times the wives, when when they're looking at getting a divorce, they're thinking months and months in advance, and they're strategizing as to exactly how it's going to go down. Um, when you get blindsided with that, I think it's it's more difficult. You're just not ready. You, you know, you don't have the tools ready to kind of prove your case and, and do what you need to do. So it is a little bit, if you are the one kind of anticipating it, it it's, it's probably a little more in, advantageous. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's not something that you, you certainly can't prepare for. Um, but yeah, anytime, you know, it's coming down the pike, it's, it's important to get, get good advice. Right. Yeah.
2: No doubt. So do you give tips to fathers based on the age of their child? Because it's very different from again divorce when your kid's two to when your kid's 13.
0: Well, and that's kind of the webinar is designed to, you know, there's something in there for dads of all, uh, for kids of all ages. Uh, So, for example, you know, you're not going to need to be teaching a four-year-old about finances, but maybe, (laughs) maybe you've you've got, I've got a almost 11-year-old. She's starting to get into that and trying to figure out, you know, trying to teach her about budgeting and money and that kind of thing. Teenagers, it's more of an issue. Social media, that's a little bit for older kids, but, you know, making memories and things like that might be for a little bit younger. So, you know, the, the webinar series, we're, we're designing it to be not just for divorcing dads or you, know, or, or, you know, who might be going through some changes in their life like that, but for all dads of kids of all ages. So it's important to kind of get on there, check out what, what really sort of meets your needs based on who we might have on for that week.
1: We're talking with Kelly Burris, partner at Cordell and Cordell again. You can go to cordellcordell.com to find out more information on the webinar series also as she mentioned dadsdivorce.com. Every Friday in June at 12 noon is when the the uh, the Zoom calls are going to be those web the web webinar series so being Zoom a little more convenient for you. You're not having to, you know, to go out to different places every time so that's good uh, and like you like she said different speakers, different guests that will be a part of it as you de- when you deal with fathers and divorce what do you what is the biggest the biggest sort of freak out they normally have when it's the father no matter how many kids there are when they face it what is the first thing that you think that you witness really freaking them out
0: that they're going to lose time with their kids uh, i think that's the number one thing is they're terrified that they are not going to be able to be dads like they've been um, and they don't want to lose any time with their kids. And that's a struggle regardless of what side you're on. You're going to spend less time with your kids if you're going through divorce just because you're now in two households. However, I think a lot of dads come into it thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm only going to see my kids a couple, one or two days a week. Um, and, and that is by far the biggest panic. And so first, the first thing I have to do usually is kind of say, look, you know, The state of Texas wants you to have a relationship with your kids. Now, whether or not that's what you think in your mind should be where it should be Mm -hmm. uh, depends on the judge and depends on the facts of the case. But, um, you know, most most parents are going to get really significant quality time with their kids uh, even after a divorce. But that's by far the biggest freak out.
1: I can understand that because um, that would that'd be the first thing in my head mm, that'd be the first yeah. thing in my mind say if it was if it was something was going to change that that time is uh is got to be got to be thought of but that's and that's also a sobering fact you just threw out just by definition if you're getting divorced unless you're going to be one of those really modern divorced couples that lives in one big house on one side of the other right. you know you are going to be in different places
2: yeah that's definitely a struggle now because you know when you have father that's going through something like this. What like you said, them being without their kids, it's going to happen that's a fact. How Do they cope with it? Like how, like what do they do in their meantime? Because life is going to change. What do you give them, like give them any tips on how do you deal with that from having different hobbies or just different ways to stay involved, like phone calls every night, like texting your kid where you don't know what age they are. But I know there are different ways to go about it.
0: Yeah, it's certainly an adjustment. uh, And there are ways to be there for your kid without being physically present, you know, putting them to bed every night. Um, You know, there's ways that that you can be involved in activities and some dads, you know, some dads are really involved in school activities and then some don't get as involved until the divorce goes through and, you know, they realize, hey, this is a big part of my kiddo's life where I can be present and I can be doing those things. So for example, taking the sitting and watching ballet rehearsal, you know, it's <laughs> something I know I, I leave, I drop my kid off and go somewhere else for an hour and come back. But you know, if I'm a divorced parent, and I want that extra time, that's certainly something that, that they can adjust to phone calls, you know, FaceTime, all of that becomes important, and becomes crucial when you're not seeing your kid every day. But it is an adjustment, it's going to be it's going to be hard to get used to you know, saying good night, kissing them good night every night, to maybe kissing them good night, you know, on a on a different schedule. To, mm-hmm. Regardless of what that is, whether you're the one that has the most of the time, or less amount of time, or the same amount of time, or whatever it is, it's it's hard not to have to ki- be able to kiss your kids good night every night.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something I know um, people are going to be thinking about. And uh, again, remember this webinar series is is um, is coming uh, now. In terms of the kind of business side of this for you guys. Obviously, if somebody's going through a divorce, you would like them to contact you guys, and you could certainly be willing to help them out. But in terms of this webinar series, um, t- how does it lay out in terms of, is there a cost for the webinar series, like a separate cost, or how does that work?
0: No, I mean, it's just we have the we, we have this available uh, to these uh dads and there are going to be discounts provided and and resources for apps. So, you know, if it's a an app or something that you might have to pay for later, but there's going to be discounts on that. So it's more, um, you know, we're having those guest speakers come in from these different. So for example, Art of Fatherhood podcast, we're going to have somebody come in from there. Um, So these different applications and, and things that you can use. Um, for dads so that's kind of more you know as far as what what the guests are getting out of it and what we're getting out of it. but gotcha. but really it's it's just it helps our cases and it helps the dads when they become more involved and they're they learn some of these tricks and they learn a lot of these things on how to be you know super dads and how to be really involved with their kids and those are these are things that we see uh, and we're kind of gearing it towards things that we see that maybe not all dads are as involved in that That they're kind of missing out on these really great opportunities to, to be super involved in their kids' lives. And so this webinar series is designed to say, Hey, you know, maybe think about this or maybe think about that as far as how you get more involved with your kids and, and, uh, and all those types of types of things. Gotcha.
1: Zay's got one more for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do dads or how do y'all help dads go about their significant other being very difficult to wear they're not really letting you or they're trying not to let you see the kids or not have you involved with the kids as much. How do you go about handling those type of fathers?
0: So I think that the mindset has to be for dads, and I don't think it is for every dad, at least not in my experience, mm. that you are just as entitled to those kids as mom is. You know, you are just as respond, You're just as is involved. You're just as responsible and you're just as. You, you have every right to exercise possession. If there's no schedule in place, there's no court order in place, you have every right to exercise possession as much as the par- the other parent does. And so, you know, going in, and, and yes, we do in court orders put into place certain things so one parent can't call those shots. And, and, you know, it's not up to just one parent to dictate everything that the other, how the other parent is going to parent. Um, but at the same time, you know, the the, the courts can't, can't, Sit in the the room and make the make the other person a good parent. So it's <laughs> I mean there are there are lots of tools that we use to help people begin to co parent and start to be good co parents even if they're not in the same household as the, as the other parent. But you know we have lots of trip tr- trick tricks and tips um, and advice for for clump, pe- for people going through a divorce on on how to try to start working in two separate households. It's two separate parents. And make that a much easier transition, not just for the the parties, but for the children as well.
1: Never be afraid to ask for help And if you're going through a divorce You really don't need to be afraid to ask for help And uh, Cordell and Cordell can definitely help you out In all kinds of ways Go to CordellCordell.com Or or DadsDivorce.com Find out about the webinar series Find out about all the different things they've got going on This is going to be every Friday in June uh, Which is obviously the month where Father's Day happens So shout out to all you great dads out there Especially the ones that are having to deal with being a great dad And deal with divorce at the same time. So 12 o'clock on Fridays is when that happens And as you heard Kelly talk about all kinds of different um, different options, different apps, different speakers, different information, all kinds of info that they have. For you That is Kelly Burris Partner at Cordell and Cordell Thank you so much For coming in today Yes thank you Kelly
0: Thank you so much For having me
1: Obviously a, a tough topic In some ways But uh, you guys are um, are giving, giving, the, giving these guys These fathers uh, A way to, to get help So hopefully Somebody out there Right now is driving uh, And it matters to them So thank you so much Thank you Cordell and Cordell One of our great partners Here at The Horn We roll on with the show Next we'll talk about Some of the uh, P5 conferences Trying to make your comments College football viewing a little bit more interesting, and our thoughts on it. Next on the horn,
2: Chad and Zay.
1: Now I hope this is not one of the other <laughs> the Beatles or I'm really gonna be in, in trouble, but I do not recognize this one too much. Alright, so. Man, I thought this was like a It almost sounded like the Who at the beginning, but it's not the Who, clearly. Um Man. Um Yardbirds, I have no idea. Sweet. Sweet? Sweet. Like S W E E T. Yep. All right.
2: Little Willie is a song.
1: Little Willie. All right. It's going back a ways there. Sweet and John Lennon have gotten us started today. Yo, yo, yo,
2: Lakers. I mean, uh, LeBron haters. I know y'all loved when Aaron Gordon checked them yesterday. I saw LeBron getting out of character. I've never seen LeBron have his elbow in somebody's neck before.
1: Yeah, I've
2: never seen that from
1: him. That was a little intense. And by the way, nice job by Gordon to hook him to create it too. Oh, you catch great that move. With, with the left arm? Great he, move. He pinched Le- LeBron's arm. wouldn't let him Wouldn't let him pull that right arm out of there and just kind of waited and just to see. Mm. Hmm. Oh. Got <laughs> him contemplating retirement. He did. Yeah. After the game, the the comments there. I mean, we all should understand. LeBron's thirty eight years old and probably should be taking it year by. Year, but when he makes the comment about wanting to play with Bronny, and let's face it, when his last game of record is 40, 10 and nine, it's not like we're all thinking, "Yeah, he's terrible." Well, he's just awful. He can't give you anything anymore. So he does need to figure out kind of where it goes, you know, from here. But uh, we'll we'll see if he wants to go uh, another year or not.
2: He's reneged on those comments a little bit. Ever since Bronny committed to Southern Cal, he's gone back and talked about how this is his vision. This is his journey. And I think Mama James had a lot to do with that because I've seen them both in different interviews. And she's talking about, I just want him to be happy. Whatever path that is, if that's basketball, we have enough money to where he can learn something else. Yeah, right. Like if he wants to do anything else or have a hobby that could turn into a career, I'm sure we can find schooling for that or <laughs> teachers or trainers for whatever our kids want to do. So I am not worried while Braun was over here talking about, I want to play in the league with him. I think he's come back to earth and said, yeah, First off, my kid has to be good enough to get to the league. That's there you been go. my claim the whole time. He has go. to be good enough. You can't just throw him in there. We see how difficult it is to be in the NBA as it is. Like, I get you're LeBron James Jr., but he still has to be good enough. And, yeah, LeBron, it's his vision. It's his journey. Let him take it on its own. Don't give him that extra pressure. I thought it was a ton of pressure what Carmelo Anthony did to Youngster yesterday on that video. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Anthony, like, okay, Pops, like, I don't have to be in all this. Like, you were cold as hell. I just want to go to college. Like, the, the NBA, cool. That sounds fun and all. I hope to get there one day, but damn. Like, you don't have to put me in your retirement video that yeah. everybody's going to
1: see. That was crazy. I did also think it was weird at the end when he whispered, people who pass go to hell. I thought that was <laughs> Rude. Like, come on, let the kid pass if he wants to, <laughs> Mello, please. Uh, Denver sweeps the Lakers last night. We talked about that. The uh, The Joker's incredible. Murray's incredible. And the numbers they're putting up are just amazing. Those two are going after their first ring along with the rest of that Denver team. Will it be Denver-Miami? The numbers would say it is going to be. It's just a matter of when Miami tries to sweep tonight. TNT 7-7. Thirty. Interesting note, the finals don't begin until a week from Thursday. So Denver gets nine full days off yeah. before the finals start. If Miami wins tonight, Zay, they get eight full days off.
2: Yeah, and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, shut the hell up. Oh, wait a minute. The Celtics are talking? They're talking. What? Talking about Marcus Smart said, don't let us get one. <laughs> Jalen Brown, I hear talking about, don't let us win this game.
1: Or else... Let me guess. Jimmy Butler's response was, don't worry, we're not. I mean...
2: That's I, our plan. They just let their game do the talking. When they get on the court, then they'll start chirping and stuff. But I don't think this is a good luck. Being down 3 and talking mess, mm, that doesn't smell like success to me.
1: Yeah, there are some sports where I might let you get away with a little bit of, we'll see, game by game, y'all just show up and we'll find out. <laughs> but in the NBA, when you're down 3-0 and it's it's 0-150 now, just... Go play. Let's go hoop. Shut up and hope you hit a couple buckets.
2: Yeah, especially after that whiff Marcus Smart had on that yeah. punch on
1: Caleb Martin. Oh, my God. At least connect. That's still brutal. Again, it's brutal. You intended to throw a punch <laughs> in an NBA game, and they called a common foul. Like, that's terrible. That is the worst punch ever. They're, they're re- they want to call flagrants on everything. They'll call a flagrant in a layup line nowadays, and he couldn't yeah. get that flagrant call.
2: Chad, yes. Craig Way update. He says Sweet was a very popular band from England back in the 70s. Okay. I'm sure you'll recognize the big hit, Ballroom Blitz. I don't know what that is. Oh,
1: Sweet is Ballroom Blitz. Yeah. Well done, Craig Way. I do know Ballroom
2: Blitz. Yeah, Little Willie was their first big hit, which we just played. Okay. And then he said they had a two, they had two other big hits. Fox on the Run, and Love is Like Oxygen. So shout out to Craig. There Good you go.
1: Out. I like it. Craig Way, one of my favorite music snobs out there. If Craig and I were in like a – in fact, if Craig and me and you were in like a music trivia contest, I think we'd be pretty well covered with a lot of stuff because Craig can fill in a lot of gaps that I've got. And you're filling in gaps that both of us wouldn't have. Oh, yeah. And we. Could, I think we could all help each other out a lot. You know, there's certain things. there's there's certain things from like the '60s and '70s and '80s? Because Craig's into the yacht rock vibe, and I'm kind of into it, but I don't. I'm but I don't. the yacht rock. But I don't know it as well as he does. And yeah, so that's uh, that is a that is helpful. Thank you, Craig. I do know, I do like yeah, ballroom. I think blocks. I'm
2: in yacht rock just because I'm a tropical brother.
1: Is that right? Yeah, uh, you know, I like
2: my feet in the sand ah. and stuff, being on a boat. That's just that's my <laughs> cup of tea. You dig.
1: Nothing wrong with that. And for Craig and all you sweet fans out there, I'll give you this one. The band that covered Ballroom Blitz later that I dug was Crocus. A little bit of a metal cover. Crocus, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, let's get him a quick crap bag here. we got some college and pro ball to talk about. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap bag. If you
2: need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap.
1: Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. A little later in the show we're going to get into some NFL updates, the owners meetings, uh, some owners decisions are going on and we'll change things a little bit. We'll talk some scheduling later, but how about this one? There's a new fair catch rule in the NFL. Again, trying to keep it safer. Trying to decrease those concussions. They're kind of going to the college idea, kids. This season in the NFL, a fair catch will go to the 25 yard line no matter where the ball is fielded so if they try to pop up kick you at the eight yard line run up throw a fair catch balls on the 25 just like college what do you think what do you think say i mean sure you okay with it yeah that's fine i don't I, think it's gonna alter the game any I, i've much. enjoyed that rule in college yeah i like that yeah, yeah the only people that'll hate that is some kicker who loves a good pop-up kick whatever yeah we can move on from that but i like that idea so that that's what it's going to be in the nfl the other thing i'm really fascinated by for college football is these power 5 conferences if this was the acc or the mac or the mountain west wouldn't care cuz we know why they would be doing it these are power 5s here this is the pac 12 and the big 12 trying to keep up with the monsters in the sec and the big 10 and what they're doing, and ACC, and Zay, what they're doing is they're coming up with new and in, new and inventive ways of throwing a broadcast at us. So the Big Twelve with your mark, they were talking about increasing the number of microphones and cameras. Your mark actually said interviews during game action nah. with a coach. That feels like it's too far that's to me. Extra. Mean. Plus, I don't think that's what he actually meant. I hope what he meant was just miking folks up. What I'll ask you is. Pac-12, Big 12, and since your team is in the Big 12 for one more year, would you be okay with an NFL film-style miking of coaches and players and filming and then later re-racking it? Yes.
2: Okay. A hundred percent. Players too.
1: That you'd be okay for? Yes. I want to push the line. I want to go
2: all the way to where you're at the point that it could be useful for your opposing team on the other side. Like, I I don't want them to be able to take what we see and use it for game film, so I don't need the X's and O's, what plays you're running, keep all that out like they do in the NFL. But everything up to that point that you could show from motivation to maybe somebody getting cussed out, like Peyton Manning cussing out Jeff Saturday when Jeff tried to change the play type of stuff, like, I want all of that and then some, but, yeah, the X's and O's stuff, which that's all – That's what all coaches are afraid of, and they are afraid of the other stuff too. They don't want to be shown in a bad light. Like even my man uh, with the Buffalo Bills, the offensive coordinator, remember when he flipped-ish? Like he completely flipped out of one of the games because they made the wrong call, and that was all over social media. Mm. And he just lost it
1: in the press box. Okay, he absolutely lost. Oh it. right, was right, yeah, papers yeah. Papers yep, yep. and stuff
2: hitting Cubs. I
1: love that. I wish he was mic'd up. And we've already had we already have those cameras in NFL. Occasionally in in college, they're talking about more of that. More yeah. cameras showing the coaches in the boxes, in the press box, and just more of that stuff. In theory, I'm with you, and I like it. But we all have to be comfortable with the idea that we all know some of these kids are 18 years old, right? We all know they're freshmen, we oh, all yeah. know they're sophomores. Yeah. What's gonna ultimately get caught on these mics? What will be what are we gonna get what are they gonna get caught saying on these mics? What if a kid during the game is saying something, using a phrase, using a word that might get him in trouble on social media and some you know, random audio person lets it out. Oh, you know he said that. Oh, did he say that? And then the raw footage somehow gets out there and then what happens? Then those are the I, concerns I yeah, have.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're gonna have to deal with that.
1: You're gonna tell the kid, like in the heat of battle in the heat of battle with his teammates, there's certain words you're not allowed to say on the sidelines because we're micing you up now? Because yeah, you know what you Because 'cause can. we're
2: micing your quarterback up now? You know what you can and cannot say. You you know. You know. Okay. Like, I thought that when, Carme- uh, speaking of Carmelo Anthony being retired, I thought when KG told him, your wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios. Fair game to me. That's cool to me. Everybody's like, oh, how could you say that about his wife? And I'm trying to beat you. <laughs> That's the whole point of this game. I'm trying to beat you. And if I could throw off one of the best scores in the world by doing that, then I'm going to say that. If Aaron Donald feels certain a certain way about his mom, I'm going to say, man, your mama sure looked good in that stands. He might be pissed off and that might be a disadvantage to me because it might light a fuel to him, but it could go the other way and it could work to my favor because he'd be thinking about how this fool know about my mama instead of taking on these double teams. And if they hear that, so be it. And if they ask you about it, I'm going to say that. I'm going to yeah. say I'll do whatever it takes to win the game. Like, I don't even know his mama. But so, <laughs> hey,
1: it is what it is. So keep in mind, Big 12 fans, specifically, if you're a Texas fan out there, maybe Sark's mic'd up in a game. Maybe Ewers is mic'd up. Are they interviewing Ewers or Sark right after a drive like they've been doing in the XFL, which I don't like. That's too much to me. I, that's too inside. I don't need all that. Will they be interviewing? Will you get more locker room, pregame, postgame? That's the kind of stuff that they're looking at. So uh, be on the lookout in the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Also, one other clarification on this new rule in the NFL. Somebody say, wait a minute. Field position's important. Punters practice pinning them down, not punts. Not punts. Okay? Your punters still can be the badass and pin somebody on the two. Just kickoffs. Kickoffs, fair caught, go to the 25. Yeah. All right? Punters are still punters. Everybody good? That's why I don't think it's going to change the game that much. Yeah, no, I don't think this is that big a deal. I like the feel of it in college because you can then coach your guys to run up, get that fair catch at the 10 or 12, goes out to the 25. Is it an advantage to the offense over special teams or defense? Yes. Welcome to football. It's happened. I don't always love those things but if it keeps guys a little bit safer uh, then then uh, we'll do that. I don't think it'll be much of a difference. So look for that in the NFL. A little later on we'll tell you what else the NFL is changing this year that's got me and Zay kind of pissed off in terms of scheduling. Up next, it's Justin Wells of Inside Texas. We'll move the interview to today because we got that baseball game taking a lot of our show time tomorrow. Justin, to preview Texas baseball and talk about some other Longhorn stuff. We are only 102 days away from the first Texas football game of the year. Stay with us. It's the Horn.